Are you running Treadstone? Jaron's got another look at a three. It's in again! Jaron Jackson Jr. buries another triple. Timeout Denver. Grizzlies by six. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, 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 everybody. What's up? Welcome to Hoops and Cards, a one-stop shop for basketball card investors and collectors. We're here to add value or encouragement or entertainment or just some ideas or maybe a friendship because, you know, we're all in this together in some way, uh, trying to navigate the roller coaster of the sports card market right now. I am Gary, your host. It's great to be with you here. This is basically a uh, review of my weekend. <laughs> in fact, I recorded several uh, clips from this episode over the course of the weekend where I went to the court, the card show, local card show, kind of, where I did some buying and selling on eBay, sort of, and uh, <clears throat> really I'm learning a lot and waiting a lot for uh, when I think basketball cards will be better priced as we head into the off season here in the NBA, so Looks like Golden State wants to make us wait a little bit longer for that as they put on the, uh, you know, the, the the Draymond Green show and basically basically destroyed Boston last night to make it one to one. So there's lots to talk about. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get after it. How's it going, everybody? I hope your uh, Saturday is off to a good start like mine is. Incredible sunny day here in uh, Northeast Ohio. I am going to stop at a card show. I'm going to try to do it for 10 minutes. I know that sounds like the impossible uh, feat. Actually, I don't even know if I have 10 minutes. Uh, On my way to a basketball tournament today and... uh, for my son who's playing in several games and it should just be a lot of fun. I uh, would gladly do that over a card show any day of the week and twice on Sunday. But on the way to his games is uh, my favorite once a month card show. Once a month. Did I say once a month? So this is the only time in June that I can see some of these guys say a quick hello and uh, there's there there are two dealers that I um, I just want to look and see what they have. I I know it's not buying season for basketball. I've got my eye on one or two something else's, but I'm I'm okay not buying or selling or trading anything uh, today. As uh, you know, you guys know we're kind of on a roller coaster heading into the summer and. NBA Finals wrapping up. I, Man, it was awesome seeing the Celtics do what they did. Game one. We'll see about game two. But but yeah, I'm not looking right now to buy any basketball cards. And you, you, you probably came here looking for a basketball card show. We definitely are going to talk about that stuff. 
because uh, one of the things that's happened to me just in buying and selling and looking at card prices lately is like, hey, uh, I'm making a shopping list of cards that, and players that I like, that some that I think are undervalued, some that I would recognize as goats, and also goats I do not have a card of. And not that I have to have a card of every goat, but it is a good diversification or having several strong goat cards in your portfolio or in your collection. Uh, That's part of what it would mean for me to level up. And friends, I love and will always be talking about talking sports cards on a budget, a limited budget, meaning we'll always do shows about cards and players and opportunities for you to get in and make some money with $20 or less, sometimes $10 or less. I love doing dollar box diving and finding deals in the dollar box. So that's always going to be a thing for me. And at the same time, when I'm going through those dollar boxes, I'm thinking, hey, one day, you know, I'm going to be able to resell these cards and get more money and buy better cards and then sell them and get more money and buy better cards and sell them and get more money and buy better cards. But also along the way, it's like, I also want to use some of that money for other stuff, like fun moments with our family, like vacation expenses, like actually going to a Cavs game or a Ohio State football game or just buying hoops and cards swag because that's now a thing. Like there's stuff that I want to do with that money. It's not just an investment. It's not just a fun collection. So, so what I had to do, and this is part of why I'm even sharing this, these thoughts with you on hoops and cards today is if you are like me, you're a basketball fan, you enjoy the NBA, you've got favorites, teams you root for and players that you love. Maybe you love the whole thing. I like, sometimes I'm just, I love it all. I don't care who's playing. I want to watch the game and see some exciting moments. So, I mean, I didn't really care about game one, but to see Alf, Al Horford, I almost called him Alf, Al Horford, make all those threes at age 57 or whatever he is, that's awesome. That was such a cool NBA moment to see uh, Jason Tatum struggle making threes, but find ways to contribute all over the court and so many assists. Like, you got to love, anyhow, I, I, I enjoy the game. And so there's a part of me that's like, man, I, you know, I want to own every basketball card. I want to own every player. I want to, you know, just have this massive NBA basketball paradise and uh, collector's paradise and like that gangster's paradise. Anyway, I, at the same time, that's, that's not even possible. It's certainly not profitable and it doesn't reflect, uh, my goals or who I am when it comes to basketball cards. What, what I want to do is collect a number of my favorites. And I feel like I'm already there. Like I've got favorite teams, you know, the Cavaliers, the Lakers, uh, certain times and eras that I look back on my, my life as a basketball fan, I'd say, man, I really enjoyed the, the Seattle supersonics of the late nineties with Kemp and Gary Payton. Those, that was a fun team to watch. I love the Houston Rockets with Hakeem and Clyde and uh, even when they added Barkley and 
you know, Pippen for a year or two. Like I, Houston was so fun to watch during those times. And I was a huge fan of the Bulls once I got over my Cavalier wounds, like watching, I got to go to the United Center and see Michael Jordan and see the, the Bulls in action during one of their championship years. And, you know, my one of my best friends and I got to go and we sat in the very, very, very back row of the United Center to see that place was just electrifying. So cool to be there. So I'm an NBA fan. Uh, I, I need to collect my favorites, whether that's player, team, card set, favorite inserts. Uh, and if you've listened to our podcast, that's, that's often where my conversations and when I talk about my purchases, where I would lean, I would say, Hey, favorite teams, usually the Cavs, quite often the Lakers, but favorite players would be LeBron James, Darius Garland, Tyrese Maxey, Sean Kemp, uh, John Morant. I've got a list of just players that I really enjoy. And, uh, and then I've got sets, you know, I like silver autos. I like Donruss net marvels, the hobby inserts. There's a lot of cards that are just cool looking or that I, I would enjoy having. And, but I've grown more of, more of an appreciation these last two years for cards that retain their value during a roller coaster cards that will always be desirable, or there'll always be a market for them cards of goats. And, uh, you know, even if I don't love Steph Curry, Giannis, Kawhi, there, there are some goats that I should seriously consider as uh, solid investments moving forward because the rest of this is not just a collection thing. It's a let's let's go make some money thing. So I'm gonna try to do 10 minutes at a card show. We'll see if I have any luck at that. Doncic trying to go right at Gobert. Unbelievable. Luka Doncic taking the rock to the wreck. Hey, as I say thank you for listening to Hoops and Cards, I also want to invite you to join Hoops Plus. That is extra content, extra connection, a chance to really be a supporter, a team member here in the Hoops and Cards movement. I would love for you to join Hoops Plus today. You can just go to anchor.fm forward slash hoops and cards forward slash subscribe. And for just $4.99 a month, you automatically get connected to uh, new new podcast episodes each week to beyond uh, con- connecting with listeners through Instagram, but also through our Discord. And then membership prizes go out once a month. So I'd love for you guys to join. It's Hoops Plus. Hey, as we head to buying season in the off season and prism basketball and all those things, if you're looking to find insider information or just meet others who are like you and we want to follow this a lot more closely as basketball card collectors and investors, Hoops Plus, hey, it's time. Jump on in. All right, so I had a few more than 10 minutes at the card show, but I am on my way to some high school basketball. Should be a good time. Uh, so here, here's, first of all, shout out to all the guys I did get to see on a quick, like, just walk through. Uh, thank you for your, you just all you guys do. You're so much fun as dealers and collectors and, and friends in the hobby. Uh, Fred, Greg, Brett, Dave, Larry, John, Colin, uh, John, there's so many Johns, uh, John, Mike, Mike, 
Although I wanted to see another Mike, he wasn't at his table when I was there. Mike, you're sleeping on the job, buddy. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure he was out getting some good deals, but um, it was good to be there just for a few minutes. And uh, and yeah, to, to realize uh, a couple things that, that I did go to. Uh, one of the dealers that I... Actually, two dealers that I was hoping to see or that I was hoping to talk to. And so that was good, but I really didn't have time to look at a whole lot of cards. I did go in with three or four players in mind, cards specific in mind, that, um, you know, along the lines of buy something else, which we've kind of been talking about here on the podcast for a few days, weeks, whatever, that basketball right now is heading into the off season, going to be off people's radar and the prices people are willing to pay is starting to go down. So the prices for sellers going down a little bit and it's going to go down even further. You'll see some better deals in July, August, and September, and even into early October. So I'm waiting to buy, but I'm looking at, of my buy something else is, number one, if there's a card I've wanted for a while, but it's been out of my price range, there's a good chance it's going to dip down into my my price range in the next few months. And that's, that's one reason I did uh, seize the day and got a LeBron James 2003 tops rookie the one with the white suit and draft day all that stuff very cool I've wanted that for a long long time and uh, you you know I started with five or ten dollars in late 2019 and just started buying and flipping cards and hoping one day to be able to get like big boy cards to get get some great cards and so that LeBron is um, you know I, I would say the second great card that I've owned that I would say, hey, that card is this it's generally considered, you know, in season, that's a five hundred dollar or higher card. Uh, right now it is less than that, and I seize the, the opportunity. The other things that, that might dip into your price range and mine would be uh, higher end cards of players you already have. So so for me, like what I what I saw today were four or five Tyrese Maxi cards that I was like, man that that card or, or that autograph card or that number to 125 blue prism cracked ice that's a beautiful card that is better than any of the 200 Tyrese Maxi cards I already own and I'm like if that's going to dip down into my price range over the next few months I want to be ready for it I, I want to be uh, the whole purpose of buying all of the cheaper Maxis and Garlands and, and prospecting guys in the dollar box really is either to make money or to say, you know what, uh, now that I've made my money, I'm putting that money into higher end cards that already have more value and have the chance to go up even higher, uh, both in percentage gain and just in overall price tag for those cards. So I looked at, man, I saw some Tyrese Maxi autograph cards that I thought, and I asked about their prices and they were fair prices, but they're also like, hey, um, basic reminder when I'm buying in person, I'm not paying sales tax, number one. I'm not paying for shipping. I get to walk out with the card right there. And number three, did I do number one and two? One was sales tax, two was shipping, three is um, um, the seller. So the, the person selling me the card does not have to pay eBay a dime. So, and that, that could lead to a rabbit trail I wanna have about eBay comps. 
But let's just take a Tyrese Maxi autograph card. There's one sitting there, a Revolution, not numbered, just his good-looking Revolution rookie autograph card that I, I like. I think it's cool. It's horizontal, but I still like it. And uh, and so there's that Maxi card that I've seen selling for 130 140 150 on eBay. And I'm like, ah... Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not spending that on a Tyrese Maxi card when we're just about to go into the offseason. Well, this guy had that same card, you know, raw for a hundred bucks. And shout out to him, that's a good deal, right? But it's also a good deal taking into the account, look, we're going into the offseason. It's not numbered, it's one of the, the lower end autos that uh, Tyrese has. And he doesn't have to pay eBay the 13% off the top of a sale, 13, 13% or higher. So that's why he can offer the card at such an affordable rate. And that's his asking price. I didn't make an offer. Uh, you know, I'll think about it, but really I, I, I want to stick to the, the, the priorities that I have as a, an investor because I'm, I'm collected up. I, I Okay. That's one rabbit trail there. <clears throat> Let me go back to something I just said a second ago about eBay comps. I just told you that the Maxi Revolution Auto, not numbered, you know, was selling 130, 140, 150. If a dealer at a card show is trying to sell you the same card at comps, <clears throat> he does he he either doesn't know how eBay works or that's just how people talk. Well, that's what it sold for, so that's what I'm charging, you know. Uh well, well, you can automatically say to that guy, "You know what? Uh if you sold it on eBay for that, you'd have to immediately give $25 to eBay. Like they don't even let you see that money. You don't get to decide, right? So, so there's, there should already be between a, um, at a card show or at a store in person, there should already be some wiggle room of 10 to 20% if the guy brings up eBay comps or if he prices his stuff at eBay comps. So that, that's what I'm saying. I, I like those as a starting place, but people that want to use that as the be-all, end-all of what that price is worth now, uh, uh, yes, a seller can ask whatever they want for a card. Like, it's your life. You can do that. However, if we're, if we're going to refer to some sort of like objective outside of my opinion, hey, here's just what it's going for. Well, I get that the buyer was willing to pay that price for eBay, but the seller was willing to take... 15% less in take home. So your negotiation window should be half, right? Meet them halfway. If, uh, for example, you like a card that is eBay comps at 200, the guy is asking 200 for it. Well, you know that eBay seller is only seeing about $170 of that 200. Does that make sense? So you could say, hey, uh, I'll give you 170 because that's what the eBay seller is ultimately getting. And he's not even having to deal with like printing shipping labels and packaging it up and all the time spent and all the, you know, overhead of having a, a computer that can print labels and internet service at home and blah, blah, blah. Like you just, you just did that seller a huge favor <laughs> again, if he's pricing by eBay comps, or if somebody mentions eBay comps, there should be some wiggle room. And if you offer 170 and he's like, no, eBay comps are 200. 
that's when you can walk away depending on how he says it or you can be like well yeah I've sold on eBay and it's like crazy how before I even you know get paid for the card eBay takes 15% out and they could be like oh yeah it's true or what are they gonna do like what are you gonna do 15% off of that $200 card should take it down to 170 bucks and you're doing that seller a favor of course, he may think, hey, forget you, man. You're too smart. I want to sell to a different buyer that's going to give me 200 Fine. I just move on with your day and you'll find that card at the deal you want later because uh, eBay comps reflect a markup of 13 to 15%. And that's just the way it is. So not really sure why I rabbit trailed there. Just uh, knowing how I get such different reactions from buyers and from sellers at a show when someone wants to look at their phone. Some people are like, yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead, look up all the comps, like, la, 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 like, it's, it's great when someone lets their hair down like that and says it's cool to, you know, let's, let's reach a fair possibility, right? Let's have a conversation. Whereas if somebody's like, man, I hate when someone pulls out their phone, I'm like, why? What, are you afraid of the market? You're afraid of the truth? That's, that's weird. Like if somebody flinches, about checking comps, that's a problem. Because that guy's just interested in getting the top dollar from you. When there should be some sort of a, you know, somebody pulls out his phone and looks at, he says he's looking at the comps, but really he's scrolling until he finds a real high comp that he likes and then he shows it to you. And I'm like, dude, all right. I sound like I've been burned by this. I, I really haven't. I just, as an eBay seller, I've, I've sold a bunch of cards in the last week and I'm, I'm happy about it because I'm going to use some of that money to, to buy into cards that I that I actually want, you know? So uh, so I've just been thinking a lot about what, what eBay buyers and sellers do and how, how we talk about eBay comps when we're uh, in front of a live person at a shop or at a show. So there's some just thoughts for, you know, <laughs> like that, that Biff in Back to the Future. Let me give you a nickel's worth of free advice. I just gave you 15% worth uh, back on your deals. And and even just as a buyer, uh, I know like we want to be fair, but uh, if anything, we should learn in, in uh, roller coaster markets that it's always true. Cash is king. Money is king. Guarantee you that seller would rather have your money than his card or else he wouldn't be selling it. He wouldn't be. Somebody else will sell you that same card, unless it's a one of one, right? For some, for something that, uh, for what you're willing to pay. If you're going to be reasonable, what you're willing to pay, someone will give you a deal. That's the other benefit of having eBay and ComC and you know, whatnot, and all those other loop, all these other places to buy and sell cards. Uh, basically, buyers, you have options. It's it's buyers' rule, and. Uh, as a seller, sometimes I don't like it, but that's just life, I guess. Um, you got you got the money. You know, no one's gonna no one's gonna tell you at the uh, at the department store or at the hardware store or at the electronics store. Uh, wait, did you check comps on that ten dollar bill? Because right now it's no, like it's ten bucks. It's fifteen bucks. I know there's inflation. I know, but you know what I'm saying. Nobody's debating the value of it in that moment, like they might a Tyrese Maxi rookie card. All that being said, if you're the seller dude with the Maxi Auto, hey, I think you priced it well. That's fair. I'm thinking about it. Um, 
and it, it, it would fit into my level up into a better maxi card because yeah life's too short to sit around on a bunch of Donruss based maxi cards that you pulled out of dollar boxes there's so many good deals coming up this summer I want to be ready to pounce like a hyena pounces on his prey wait no like a like a nasty carnivorous cheetah pounces on the hyena while it's trying to pounce on its prey. I don't know. I don't like animals. At least not when they're pouncing. Ground control to Major Tom. I never even knew that there was proper form to shoot the ball. <laughs> Desmond Bain can show you a proper form. <laughs> All right, so here's the deal. I uh, spent the whole day at my son's basketball shootout, and they went two and two. It was great to see him and the team play. I did not make it back for the rest of the card show or for any part of the card show, which was uh, just fine with me. I am, as I've mentioned a few times here, I am not in buying mode. And part of my tendency is when I, when I see a show or when I see a table or go to a, a card store, I tend to gravitate towards basketball cards. Big shocker. I tend to gravitate towards those. And no, I mean, no matter what I program myself to do or say, I'm going to focus on now at, at, when I did stop at the show, I noticed some of the, uh, baseball cards and football, like quarterbacks that I'm looking at. I did, I did notice them earlier on in the show or earlier on in my visit than I normally would, but all that to say, it's probably okay for me right now that I didn't go back because I am not in buying mode with the cards I know the best, meaning I'm not in buying mode with basketball. I'm actually starting to be in selling mode, selling uh, at auction for some cards that I just have to get rid of, and need to say goodbye to those cards, you know, on, on the flip side of this whole equation, if you're, if you ever have to sell a card at a loss, uh, I know that's not easy. And there's some cards I, I am resistant to do that with right now. But that being said, I'll give you an example. Like I have a Donovan Mitchell prism rookie that, uh, you know, I bought Let's just say when they were they were worth more, <laughs> and uh, a part of me does not want to sell it because I fully believe that uh, at some point next year Donovan Mitchell cards will be up, and uh, and at the same time, if I did sell it today at a loss, it also that cash whatever amount I get for it that money is now available for me to buy something from somebody else that they might be selling at a loss, meaning that there are so many good bargains coming up in the basketball card world in July and August that if you you have to sell something that you don't want anymore to get into something that you do, now might actually be the time to do that. Because, you know, if I wait long enough for that Donovan Mitchell card to go up, the card that I actually do want to have longer term will also go up. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's just, that's just the way this whole thing goes when the, not just the basketball card market is, uh, 
heading into the offseason. But the overall card market is hoping for a rebound as far as uh, card values and sales. Like I could look at Lamar Jackson and say he's a quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, by the way, a Heisman Trophy winner, a NFL MVP, and the, I think a three-time pro bowler. I could look at his cards and say, uh, no, he's not as good as Josh or Patrick or Justin or Tom Brady, but his cards are, there's no way they should be, you know, 30% of what a Josh Allen card's selling for, of the same card, same year, same everything. Like, Josh Allen's great, but I don't think he's 70% greater than Lamar Jackson. And I also think Baltimore... Anyhow, I, I look at those his cards right now and I say, man, that a Lamar Jackson card, uh, Vladi Guerrero card, uh, LeBron James, a lot of his cards, uh, right now is, is a good time to look at those and maybe get into one of those cards if you've been, you know, if, if those are guys that you enjoy following and you, you, you realize what their prices were even just three months ago, let alone a year ago. Like now is, now may be the time to free up some cash to go after those. And, um, so that's what I'm gradually doing, but I'm also having to like tell, tell my money where to go. (laughs) I'm having to say, look, there's, I could go to a show or I could, I could look at eBay and say, man, there's 20 cards I want. And I could buy five cards that are like in the 20, 30, $40 each range when I really should be looking at just one card in the 150 range. And that's that for me, that's a whole change of strategy. And like I said, I'm not getting rid of the bargain guy. I'm not getting rid of the dollar box dives. What I am saying is I've done so much of that in the last 18 to 24 months. Uh, and a lot of those have, have started to pay off. Like that's, that's part of why this, um, snowball of card collection and investments is growing for me. Like that's been awesome. Uh, but cause I got in on a low budget, but, uh, I also am starting to realize, Hey, now that I've built up some of that, uh, value in my portfolio, I need to, if you're, if you're dealing with stocks and all those things, you would call, you would say reallocate, right? You would say, I, I need to move some of my earnings in the, the small growth stocks to large growth large cap stocks. And, uh, so that's what I'm going to try to force myself to do. I look at the, the cards that I've bought in the past 10 days and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is happening. I'm also looking at the cards that I've gotten saying, all right, I need to list this one. I need to list that one. I need to auction that one off. I need to take this one to a show and trade it. Like I have, uh, and maybe you need to do this too. Just clean house. Look at the cards that you're like, look, not only do I not love this card, uh, it could serve a much better purpose if I take the five, 10, 20, 30, $60 out of it and use that toward a card that, uh, that I do love and that I do see more upside in. Uh, it is hard. I'll, I'll admit maybe it's pride or maybe it's, um, <clears throat> I don't know, just, uh, the, the fun of this game, you buy a card and you have a hope for it, right? You have a hope that it's going to grow up not grow up. It's going to grow in value and is over a certain period of time or that player, their career is going to take off in a certain period of time. 
And when they don't, you might say, well, it's still going to happen. Kevin Porter Jr., I'm still believing in you, but I'm not buying any more of your cards. Jaron Jackson Jr., I'm starting to come around on you again, but I'm not buying any more of your cards. That's a, that's a different conversation than saying, all right, of the ones I have, I need to just start selling some. And w- will I miss out on some profits down the road? Maybe. But do I look and say that it's the best use of my uh, capital, my, my money to have it in that card still when, Right. You could do one of those, you know, those big blockbuster trades where a team packages some prospects and some first round picks and a minor leaguer to be named later and they get a big stud, you know, they get, they get a uh, superstar. I mean, I'm sure a lot of teams would love to land Damian Lillard, you know, in this off season. <laughs> I don't know if he's available, but it'd be one of those trades where I'm like, all right, look at my cards that way. I've got five prospect cards. And if I sold those five, I can afford this great card or this, this card of a great player that has, uh, you know, more mile markers or more, uh, moments ahead of him. What's the word? More, uh, highlights, you know, if LeBron's going to, when LeBron's going to break the scoring record, when Fernando Tatis returns from injury, when Mahomes returns to the Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill and says, take that Tyreek Hill. I don't know that he would say, take that Tyreek Hill. It'd be funny if he did though, because it would become a meme and we would all like quote him and oh my word, the, the person driving in front of me, their license plate is JJJ. If that isn't like karma right now, of Jaron Jackson Jr. is worth holding on to. Don't don't sell all your Jarens because I just saw a JJJ license plate. I get it, but I'm not that superstitious, am I? Yeah, you probably like, dude, you probably just drove around town until you saw a JJJ plate, right? But there, oh, there's a KPJ. Oh no. Oh, an SGA. Oh, we should do a whole episode on the uh, three letter acronyms, who's your, who's your best investment? MPJ, right? Man, that was hilarious. JJJ, sorry, Jaron. Level up a bit. Maybe it's not buying season until you sell off some of the uh, extras or the maybes for some definitelys. You know, if you sold off all those Grant Williamses and bought one Jason Tatum, send me a little thank you note. No, thank yourself. Hey everybody, that is a wrap for today's episode of Hoops and Cards. I hope you got some ideas uh, or maybe just some encouragement because, yeah, sometimes the best the best thing you can do when it comes to investing is wait. And that is the hardest thing to do because I am seeing lots of great deals and opportunities, but it's going to be even better in a couple months. And I probably said this, cash is king. So there is no rush. Really, there's no rush. And you as the, the buyer or you as the seller, 
be friendly, but set the tone, right? Set the price, what you're willing to pay or what you're willing to accept and, and don't apologize for it. Uh, I'd love to get any feedback, questions, ideas you guys have, maybe prospects you're looking at or what's on your shopping list for July and August. Please email me. I am at, at Hoops and Cards on Instagram. Love getting your, your messages and uh, enjoy meeting just basketball card collectors from around the world. So that's that's a blast. You could also email me hoops and cards podcast at gmail.com hoops and cards podcast at gmail.com again this is gary signing off i still think the celtics but now i'm thinking maybe celtics in seven six seven celtics in seven mm. five on the clock four on the clock fred the deep three